It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Hello there, friends, and welcome to episode 10 of the Matt Collick Show, a podcast about me, Matt Collick. Um, it's episode 10. We made it to episode 10. Uh, people were talking. They were saying we couldn't get here. Well, we proved them wrong today. Uh, now that you are hearing my voice in your earbuds or through your computer speakers or whatever, um, we have reached episode 10 and we have uh, we have quelled the haters. We have squelched the haters. Uh, it's Memorial Day today. I hope you're all uh, safe. I hope you're grilling and chilling or whatever you're doing uh, safely. I hope you're continuing to social socially distance and uh, mind the fact that we are uh, we continue to be in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, yeah, but this is just how it's going to go, though. I, I feel like we're going to kind of go back to normal. All the people who wanted everything to go back to normal are going to be able to experience that for a few months. Uh, and then we're going to have the real collapse, um, which when you hear the word collapse, it might be uh, might uh, conjure a negative imagery, but uh that's not how I think of it. I, I'm looking forward to this collapse. <laughs> if it means the collapse of systems that have uh, made me feel and made others feel uh, not the, the way they, they should. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's me podcasting. So, guys, it's uh, what is today? It's May 25th. Uh, what's been going on in the uh, uh, this will be the news news and notes section of the podcast. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on around here since you last heard from me. Um, and then in the uh, the meat of the episode, I'm going to get into some songwriting tips. I wrote a blog post back in January of 2019, I believe. Um, one of the first blog posts I published on my website, mattcolic.com. Uh, it's called 25 Ways to Become a Better Songwriter. Um, I thought today I would go into that piece and kind of uh, go through it with you. And uh, maybe there are some things I don't agree with. <laughs> maybe there are some things that I feel like uh, I need to hit hit stronger um, and to really hammer home as these are really important songwriting tips. Um, I kind of skimmed it just to look over it uh, before I get into it here on the podcast. And I think it looks good. I think it's still relevant and valid. So I'm going to get into that and Go over my songwriting tips, maybe come up with some more and probably uh, share some examples of what I mean when I talk about songwriting tips. Um, songwriting, that's something I haven't done in a while. <laughs> I've been consumed with uh, performing and uh, recording, uh, basically. So songwriting's kind of been on the back burner. I've got some ideas that are kind of simmering that I could, uh, if I wanted to, I could I could visit and, and, and hammer out and, and turn into actual songs to add to the repertoire. But Right now, I don't need to. I've got plenty of songs, uh, but this uh, this songwriting blog post I'm, I'm referring to, the 25 ways to become a better songwriter, is by far my most popular blog post. So I thought I would um, take some of its popularity and share it with the podcast, and, and maybe that that will will give some juice to the podcast. Not that I need juice; it's it's doing well, and boy, I sure do appreciate you folks listening. Um, so yeah, what's been going on the past week, uh, since you last heard from me, I'm still like really into watching rig rundown videos and looking up, uh, guitar gear, amplifiers, pedals, and shit like that online, uh, kind of building my dream rig in my mind and in the pages of my Evernote app. Um, so that continues to go well. That's kind of, um, 
morphed into watching like nostalgic guitar videos and performances, like instructional videos and performances of people who I really loved when I was like first starting to play the guitar, when I had a mullet and when I was um, like playing like really fucking nice instruments that I didn't know I would only experience when I was a teenager. And now in my forties, I only play shitty instruments. But anyway, um, I've been getting into the guitar player, Danny Gatton again. And um, Danny Gatton is kind of the guy when I'm just sitting around fucking around on the guitar and playing, playing and, and just having fun I'm I'm basically trying to imitate Danny Gatton. He is the player who's in my head. He and his Telecaster and his Echoplex are in my head um, constantly when I'm doing that. And and he's the person I'm constantly trying to emulate, even if even when I don't realize I'm doing that. Um, over the weekend, I noticed that his 1987 instructional video, 1987, uh, is up on YouTube. Uh, it's like an hour long, and it's I forget what the title of it is, but it's like electric guitar uh, techniques. Tips and Tricks by Danny Gatton. Um, Danny Gatton, of course, the master of the Telecaster, the Fender Telecaster guitar. Um, God, I loved watching that video and, and watching Danny Gatton play and, and show off some of his techniques. I've I learned most of the stuff I learned from him just by listening, uh, just by ear. Um, I've never watched this instructional video before, and I just kind of like figured out on my own how to copy some of his techniques. Uh, watching this video has been enlightening in that... Yeah, I was I was doing a lot of stuff right, but then there was a lot of stuff like I didn't have to be working so hard to accomplish on the guitar. So I'm really excited to be learning tips and tricks from a master of the guitar who I was like most into probably when I was like 17 years old. Um, like I was most into him probably in the early 90s, let's say, um, it, which reminds me, I watched his 1991 Austin City Limits special. Also, it's like a half hour long. That is also on YouTube and it's it's amazing. Uh, so much nostalgia, so many memories, uh, like me sitting and watching Austin City Limits with my dad. Anyway, Danny Gatton is amazing. You should watch his instructional video. And I'm excited just to have like new things to practice and play with. And um, like I'm envisioning all this new gear and new sounds. And, and now I'm envisioning like new techniques and like just taking my playing to another level, uh, which I don't think it needed to be taken to another level. But to keep me interested, I think that's what I have to do. I'm always changing my technique and style and like what I consider to be like good guitar playing or good tone. That's like changing all the time. But Danny Gatton, like that trebly like kind of honking twangy Telecaster tone. That's always going to be a tone in my head that I, that I regard as like, like true kind of like guitar master tone. Like if you can get a tone that, that approximates that, then like you don't really even have to play very well. <laughs> you can, you can sound like, you know, you know what you're doing just by like making a sound. If you have the right tone, um, Danny Gatton, of course, was uh, somebody who was masterful at guitar, and it's it's really exciting to to kind of rediscover him and learn some of those licks. Um, gosh, yeah, that was a big thing. I watched a little bit of the Albert Lee instructional video. Um, these are like country, like twangy country, like Travis picking uh, style players, um, which is not. If you heard me play, you might not think. Uh, that's like who some of my biggest influences are, but damn, they really are like not super high gain, just basically like a clean sound and like snaky lines and not a lot of vibrato, a lot of staccato. Um, this is, that shit is like, it's, it's like sugar to me, put it on my tongue and, and, and watch me, watch me smile. <sighs> so that's a thing that's happening. Um, 
the depression, the bipolar has been going pretty crazy. Um, on Friday, I had a really rough day. I was having a manic episode in the morning um, to the point where it was seeping into bipolar one territory where it's like not just like weird behavior and emotions for me, but like weird behavior and emotions for anybody. Um, that's how I was feeling and acting uh, Friday morning. Um, I was able to kind of breathe through it and get myself back to normal. I had like 150 milligrams of cannabis chocolate, which kind of um, allowed me to restart um, and install the new operating system. Um, so I'm feeling a lot better since then. Uh, with regard to the cannabis chocolate, uh, that stuff, man, it's like the thing I wish people could understand about cannabis is that it is both medicinal and recreational. Yes, it can be both. Ooh, I want to feel better, but I don't want that high. Why? Why the fuck wouldn't you want to get high? It's amazing. Um, like, oh, I want to get high, but ooh, isn't that medicine? I know you're not supposed to take medicine if you don't actually have something uh, that it's supposed to treat. No, do whatever you want. Uh, it feels good. Um, and feeling good is really the best medicine. Feeling relaxed, feeling groovy, um, for me anyway, that's what makes uh, it makes me feel the best. So I was using uh, cannabis medicinally on Friday and uh, also recreationally, but the, the main purpose was medicinally. And boy, it, it sure did do the trick. I'm so grateful to have my, uh, my medical card uh, here in New Mexico so I can do that and not have the paranoia of like, oh my God, I'm doing something illegal. Um, yeah, so, so that felt good. Um, I'm probably going to eat some more of that chocolate later today. Another thing that's been happening, I've had this weird pain. I first noticed it in my, uh, the knuckles, uh, my first and, and middle finger knuckles on my right hand. Um, like what the fuck is this arthritis? Um, so that was a little off putting. Uh, then on Thursday of last week, I, I woke up and it felt like, fuck my funny bone. Like, like, you know, when you hit your funny bone, when one hits their funny bone and it's sort of this radiating, like, uh, it's, it's so hard to describe, but it's like, if you know the feeling, you know that that is singularly that feeling. Um, that's sort of been a dull presence in my right arm for the last several days. Well, since Thursday, um, after relaxing on Friday and taking the cannabis chocolate, like I felt a lot better on Saturday, but then it kind of returned. Um, I've been carrying a lot of tension in my neck, shoulders, back. And um, what I learned today is that I'm carrying a lot of it in my right pectoral muscle as well. I went to see uh, Greg at Ortho Elite today, which is a facility here in uh, Albuquerque that's housed in the Jackson Wink MMA training facility. So they got these two big octagons down there um, and like giant like uh, MMA belts on the walls and like images of people fighting and, and winning matches and getting their hands raised in the air and people grappling and wrestling and um, that place uh, that's where Ortho Elite is housed so these people like Greg uh, they work a lot on these these high performance MMA mixed martial arts um, UFC type uh, athletes uh, they also work on people like me and I'm, I'm grateful for it uh, it's sort of like uh, chiropractic chiropractic, but it also involves uh, some like deep tissue massage muscle work too. It, it, it's hard to describe. I wish I could um, describe in greater detail what it is exactly that Greg does, but Annie and I both see him occasionally for these aches and pains and tensions and things. I feel so much better. It fucking hurts to have him work on me, but it's, it's, it's the hurts so good John Mellencamp kind of pain. Um, I've got another appointment with Greg on Thursday, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'll be doing some exercises with the lacrosse ball. Um, damn, 
it, it hurts, but I know it's getting better now that, that, that kind of, uh, funny bone ulnar nerve pain has, has receded quite a bit. Um, shit, man. And when stuff like that happens, being a musician, being a guitar player, fuck, that's scary. And that it just kind of feeds into itself and creates a feedback loop of worry and anxiety and then actual pain. And then the tension that I'm carrying increases and I, I carry more and more of it and so on and so forth. So that's another thing that's been happening. Um, boy. Yeah, nostalgia, nostalgia. Danny Gatton, guitar, um, all that stuff. I, I, um, I probably mentioned this. I'm still like, I'm, I'm lusting after the idea of purchasing a 1993 Fender American Standard Stratocaster in the Caribbean Mist finish, which is the guitar I owned when I was like really getting into Danny Gatton and Stevie Ray Vaughan and and, and players like that back when I was a teenager, still in high school. Um, yeah, so if you see a 1993 American Standard Stratocaster in the Caribbean mist finish, uh, maple fretboard, um, 94 would work too, but really the 93 is the one I'm after. Let me know. Let me know if you see one out there. Um, yeah, it's interesting how uh, my depression, my mental illness kind of manifests, and I find comfort often in nostalgia, which is also interesting given the fact that we're watching, we're in the middle of watching Mad Men. Uh, we're in season five. Um which is like Don Draper's whole thing is like like touching that nerve of nostalgia where it's like it feels good, but it's also a little painful. It's a little hard to take, and then that's why it works so well. Uh, let's see. I want to talk about my friend Byron of Byron Amplification. Byronamplification.com. Find your voice. I got my hat and T-shirt from Byron over the weekend or, or last week. I've been wearing my Byron Amplification hat every day to cover my bald spots since... Um, I wore my Byron Amplification t-shirt yesterday doing my Instagram live. Uh, I posted that as an IGTV video. So head on over to at Matt Colick on Instagram if you want to check that out. Uh, Byron has been, uh, he let me know he's been listening to the podcast. He finds it very relaxing to hear me talk. Um, he likes to hear me say words like aforementioned. <laughs> he also said, uh, what did he say? I don't have his, his message in front of me. He also said, Melissa has a very m- musical laugh. And I need to ask him, do you mean Melissa Rios or Melissa Katinger? There have been two Melissas on the podcast. Um, so, hey, thank you, Byron. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it, brother. Um, I am really enjoying the bow drive pedal. Um, I want to buy more pedals from you and I want to buy, uh, I want to buy an amplifier from you. So let's, let's talk soon about that. I, I need to get my financial house in order. Um, friends, if you have your financial house in order, uh, houses in order, please head on over to byronamplification.com and, uh, like look at, look at the pedals and amplifiers and, and cabinets, um, and, and stuff he has available. Uh, send Byron an email, give him a call. Uh, he'll build you something, probably the best piece of gear you've, you've ever played through. Um, I'm excited to like build a pedal board containing many, many Byron amplification pedals. Um, and I'm excited to um, like have a serious fucking amplifier made by my friend Byron uh, in Columbia, Missouri. Um, what a great guy. Uh, check out Byron Amplification. Dot com. Uh, the aforementioned Danny Gatton. I remember when Byron lived in Wisconsin um, and we went to school together up until like seventh grade, eighth grade or something like that. And then he, uh, he and his family moved back to Missouri and 
that's where he was. He visited in uh, like 94, something like that, when we were 17 or 18. I remember being excited to tell Byron that I was like really getting into Danny Gatton at that time, uh, knowing that he was like the only person I knew who would understand. Uh, So that was pretty cool. Um, Hey, Byron, how's it going? Thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. (sighs) Okay. I am... um, Oh, hey, we, uh, another thing over the weekend, we had some birthdays. My brother, Gary had a birthday. My sister, Stacy had a birthday. Uh, that was on Thursday and Friday, respectively. Uh, love them both. Uh, Bob Dylan had a birthday on Saturday. So Saturday I made a cake and we had some ice cream and it was delicious. Happy birthday people. Uh, Bob Dylan, he is known as a masterful songwriter. Um, of course, like when you think of like people who write songs, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll use I statements. When I think of people who write songs and, and when I think of people who think of people who write songs, I think that those people are thinking of people like Bob Dylan. Um, what an amazing songwriter. Um, Bob Dylan is, is so cool. Uh, one of the things I love about him is that he's like the original rock and roll weirdo. Um, like, Stop taking him so seriously, and he becomes a lot more fun and interesting. Um, I feel like he's found uh, found a way to have it both ways, though. He's like he he can be viewed um, legitimately as a serious artist, capital S, capital A, serious artist making serious art. Uh, but he's also a prankster and a rascal and a jokester. Um, and I think like he's just having fun with this most of the time. Um, and that's really inspiring to me. And, and that's, that's kind of what I take from Bob Dylan. Uh, there's the songwriting, but then there's also like how to be a, how to be a rock and roll person and have fun with it. Um, and to kind of have it both ways where it's like, I can't tell if he's being serious or not. Um, he's doing both and he's kind of the master at it. Uh, he, and of course my friends, Gene and Dean Ween, who are not actually my friends, um, in real life. Um, so yeah, that's that's what who Bob Dylan is to me. Of course, he's a masterful songwriter. Um, you know, going through my songs, not that I'm comparing myself to Bob Dylan by any means, please, please. Um, but I feel like I'm a pretty great songwriter too. I've I've now now there's some distance between my songs uh, when I wrote them and now when I'm playing them. And and every once in a while, I'll like rediscover a song I've written that I haven't played in a while, and it's like. Fuck, Matt, you're a really good songwriter. Um, I have to say, I'm a very good songwriter. Um, Again, uh, we're talking about uh, being humble and not modest. Yes, I'm a very good songwriter. I would be a liar if I claimed otherwise. Um, The humility is like, I'm just a speck of cosmic dust. And somehow I was imbued with a songwriting ability. I better not fuck it up. um, And I better share it with the world. And so... That brings us to our next segment. Uh, I'm going to talk about songwriting in a little bit. So, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I want to say like songs like The Painter and Ready to Burn. Uh, they're like really fucking complicated songs. Like I play through them. It's like, how did I come up with these chord progressions? And how did I like I'm amazed at how I was able to solve songwriting problems with the the solutions I came up with in terms of like melodies and chord progressions and key changes and all these little devices and tricks and tips one can implement in a song. I have to say I'm pretty impressed with myself. Um, there are other songs like Wait to Walk into the Light, which are just like it's a two chord song. It's so simple. And um, the thing about that one is it didn't have to be complicated. There was, it wasn't problem solving. It was getting out of its way and just letting it be the thing it was. And I'm really proud of the way I, I allowed that song to just be what it is too. Um, 
and those are some of my favorite songs um, of, of my own. Your mileage may vary. So I'm going to get into songwriting and my tips and tricks for becoming a better songwriting, uh, becoming a better songwriter uh, in a little bit. I'm going to take a quick break, have a sip of water, and then I'm going to get into it. Stick around. Friends, welcome back. I'm glad you're here with me. Uh, as as promised, I'm going to get into some songwriting tips. Um, I am a songwriter. I am. Uh, I was recently, well, like a year ago, I was named in a uh, reader's poll, Albuquerque's second best songwriter um, in in the uh, reader's poll in the Alibi, which is our weekly um, or alt weekly newspaper, alternative weekly newspaper. Um, so that was fun. Um, Second best, who knows? I don't think of it of it in those terms. I am like a, a pretty good, a very good songwriter, in fact, and I have some things to say about songwriting. Um, I wrote a blog post that I published last year on mattcolic.com. That's M-A-T-T-K-O-L-L-O-C-K.com. If you go to the news section of the website, um, it'll be buried like on page 12 of the blog there. Uh, 25 ways to become a better songwriter. I published it in January of last year. All about how I kind of like prior to 2018, I had written like four songs in 15 years. I was not really a songwriter. Like I like despite myself, in spite of myself, ended up creating some songs over the course of like 12 to 15 years or whatever. In 2018, I decided I want to do music. I want to be a songwriter. I, I want to write songs like consistently and constantly and perform them and like be feel really good about them and have them be vehicles for uh, my ability to express myself with my voice and and with the guitar and 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 through uh, hopefully other musicians and uh, arrangements including other instruments. So I gave myself the goal of writing two songs a month, completing two songs a month, and that means like the lyrics are done, the chord chord progression is done, the arrangement is complete in terms of like the singer-songwriter, me and a guitar arrangement. But that means like the dynamics are locked in, the intros and outros are locked in, like the bridge is locked in, like everything is locked in. It's not like, I think this time I'm going to play through this section uh, another time. No, it's like, this is what the song is. It is locked in. It is written. Um, and I didn't consider a song written until it got to that point and I had memorized it, which I've had to be a little more gentle with myself because gosh, it's hard to memorize one's own songs. Um, especially when my songs are I kind of are a little wordy. Um, yeah, that, that makes it difficult. It's not like remembering the song part of it. It's remembering the lyrics. So I decided I wanted to really get into songwriting, and I'm pretty proud of what I did. I ended up writing like 21 new songs in 2018, and then I wrote a bunch more uh, last year too. And I learned some things about the process and discovered some things and um, discovered some wisdom that I think a lot of it is is might be unconventional. So I wrote this blog post, 25 Tips to Become a, a Better Songwriter. Or no, 25 Ways to Become a Better Songwriter. It's my most popular blog post. Uh, today, I want to get into it with you and uh, like check up on some of these tips and tricks and hints and methods and see if they are still relevant. Um, let's see here. So the, the first tip is don't be so precious about it. Um, and I feel like this is uh, encoded within so many of the other tips I have. 
Um, stop trying to create important art, serious art. Just like create, just like turn the faucet on and let it run. Um, being precious about it just means that you're always like you're always trying to write the the next great song, the next masterpiece. Um, stop, stop looking at it that way because when you do that, you end up falling short of your your goals, and so nothing ever gets written. Um, I wrote here, I rarely wrote songs prior to 2018 because I was too goddamn precious about the process. So I had to stop caring so much. I had to stop putting the songs on pedestals before they were even 10% completed. Um, I realized that if I was going to write two songs each month, I just had to write them, go to the widget factory, make the widgets, go home, go back to the widget factory to make some more widgets for the next day and so on. Um, it's not about being sort of callous and uncaring about the songs you write, but you, it, you don't want to care so much that you convince yourself that you're not worthy of the privilege to write them. That's what I wrote in the blog post. So um, don't be so precious. Just write the songs. Like uh, Some of them will come out like great and they will be masterpieces. Some of them will be lesser songs, more minor works. Um, and that's okay. I, the, the, the thing is like you're going to keep writing songs. So don't don't put so much pressure on the song you're writing to be a great song because that's that's that you're you're not going to give it a chance to breathe and become what it's meant to become. Um, it will be what it's going to be, and if it's not a great song, that's fine. Most songs aren't great songs, uh, but they're they can be very enjoyable and useful as pieces of music. Um, if you just keep writing, the great ones will come. You just have to keep keep the thing flowing. Uh, number two, I wrote down inspiration, schminspiration. Um, you're going to feel inspired sometimes. Other times you're not. Um, that has nothing to do with the quality of your output or your ability to create. Um, so don't wait for inspiration to take action. Sometimes you just have to sit down and write the thing. Which brings me to the uh, the next tip. Schedule the time. Uh, you have to be a little bit uh, work person-like about it. You, you have to like sit down, like schedule an hour to work on songs and try to get some work done. Uh, try to uh, like solve the problems of your songs. Like it, you, you've probably come up with like a couple little sections and you need to figure out what is the next thing I'm going to do or how do I get from this thing to the next thing? And that's a, it's a set of problems to solve. So sit down and solve the problems. Don't be precious about it. Just work on it. Tinker, uh, figure it out. Um, you know, schedule the time, put uh, put it in your calendar app and, and just block out the time like you would for an appointment or, or any other activity that you, that you would do. Um, protect the time. Um, here's what I wrote. Try not to spend it scrolling through Twitter and getting pissed off. If you realize you've spent 45 minutes of your protected songwriting hour looking at Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok or whatever, and you're getting pissed off, use that final 15 minutes to start writing a song about how you get pissed off when you spend 45 minutes looking at social media when you should be doing something productive. It is all grist for the mill. Uh, stop trying to make the definitive musical statement about whatever topic you're writing about. Again, stop being so precious. Stop trying to write your signature piece of music about your signature theme. Just write like the good shit. The signature songs will come out. Um, the next one, write tons of songs. Again, just keep writing. Uh, the best songwriters are songwriters who you've heard the tip of the iceberg when it comes to their output. Uh, the, most of their songs you'll never hear because they're just writing constantly and we only get to hear the good ones. 
So that's that's such an important tip. Just keep writing songs. Okay. Um, copy other people's songs. That's a such that's such an important tip. Um, you'd be surprised how many songs started off as a cover of someone else's song. Um, for example, my song European uh, Beachbody European Suit Without a Hat began its life as a ripoff of Overkill by Men at Work. Um, it retains references to um, the band's homeland of Australia. I kept those in as sort of a tribute. Um, another one, Don't Be Afraid to Blow Your Mind. That I was trying to write a song like um, Ivory Joe Hunter's I Almost Lost My Mind. The songs I ended up with are absolutely nothing like the songs I began with that I was copying. You, you just kind of copy the structure. You see like, oh, this song goes from the verse into like a pre-chorus and then it goes into a minor key thing here. Like you don't have to copy it exactly, but if you kind of use the structure of the piece of music as a guide to what you can do with your piece of music, that is such a great tip. It's so useful. It's such a problem solving. It's such a problem solver when you can just like copy another person's song. Um, and it's a great place to start too. Uh, if, if there's a certain groove or feel or structure or the way two chords kind of hang out together, um, like that's cool. Start with that, mess around with it before you know it, it's going to become unrecognizable and it's going to become your own. Um, and it's going to be completely original. That's how songs are written. Don't think that you're like the songs you love aren't inspired or even copied from something else. Chances are they, uh, were directly inspired by something very specific. Um, and then the songwriter, uh, turned it into something else. Um, lyrics. Oh my God. Lyrics. I wrote a whole other blog post just about lyric writing. Um, in terms of how I listen to music, I don't really pay attention to lyrics that much. Sometimes they stand out and it's like, Oh, that was clever. I really like that. I wish I could write lyrics like that. Um, with lyrics, if you have trouble with lyrics, um, just write the lyrics down, like do the phonetic thing where you're, you're just like, like do the gibberish thing. Uh, see what words kind of emerge from that. Um, just write words down. Then you can go back and make them better. Sometimes you won't discover what your song is about until you go through that process two or three times. Um, sometimes the initial lyrics will stick and don't be afraid to let them stick. Don't be afraid to uh, trust that the first thoughts you had were your best thoughts. Um, but if you know the lyrics suck, like that's fine. Everybody's first draft sucks. Uh, rewrite them. That's important. Um, okay. The, the next tip, it kind of follows from that. Like write your shitty first draft as the author Anne Lamott puts it. Um, your shitty first draft, like get the thing out of your system, then rework it. Um, it's, it's not just for the lyrics. It could be for your melody or chord progression or, or any of the harmonic elements, the rhythm, the, the pace, the tempo, anything like that. Uh, just Get it out of you. Then you can work on it. The problems happen when you don't let allow the the the, the stuff to get out of you. Um, the next tip I, I kind of alluded to this before, but make decisions. Uh, songwriting is is just really it's like you make one decision and then you make another decision and and so on and so forth until you end up with a song. Uh, don't get yourself stuck. And this is what I wrote in the blog post. Don't get yourself stuck wondering if you should, if you should go to D major or B minor next in your chord progression, just pick one, just make a decision. Uh, again, you can go back and change 
later, but just make a decision. It doesn't have to be like, well, this is obviously the inspired choice that adds the most meaning to the song versus this other choice, which is, which t- removes meaning from the song and possibly uh, conveys a completely different meaning. Most of the time, your decisions are not like that. Most of the time, the decisions are just arbitrary. Just pick one. Uh, if you feel the need to change it later, great. Um, change it later, but just pick one. Uh, it's fine. Like it doesn't have to, every choice doesn't have to be an amazing, a divinely inspired choice. Um, so make decisions. Next tip, cut it out. Um, does your song need to be six minutes long? Probably not. I mean, a couple of my songs are, and I, I feel like, eh, they need to be <laughs> uh, cut whole verses out. If you have to uh, tighten up that bridge section, try to eliminate anything that keeps you from getting to the main hook in a minute or less. Uh, this is just a thing I like to do is like, I'm basically, <laughs> I consider myself, it, it's weird, but I consider myself a pop songwriter. I write verse chorus songs. Basically I write songs where like the chorus is like simple and you can sing along with it. And usually I'm getting to it in under a minute. Like we're not spending a lot of time fucking around before we get to the good part of the song. Um, so like cut shit out, like leave only what is essential. Um, you're going to have ideas that you love that are going to be like, but this is what the song is about. This idea is how the song started. If I remove this, then, 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 what does that mean? Remove the fucking thing. You can use it for something else. Um, there are so many little bits and pieces and parts that I've cut out of things that I just love so much, but they just weren't working for the song. Some of them I've used for other things. Some of them have just been discarded and I, uh, I've forgotten them completely forever. And that's fine. Like trust that you're going to come up with more ideas. Um, if you're a songwriter, like the ideas are just like, we're surrounded by ideas all the time. Like that's not the issue. Uh, the, the issue is making choices. It's pruning. It's um, cutting out anything that's unnecessary. Your songs will be better by, by, by editing, by being a good editor and not being afraid to cut shit out. Even if it's like your favorite thing about the song, um, use it for a different song, uh, use it for something else. And also again, again, just trust that you're going to come up with lots more ideas. Um, don't be so sure you know what the song is about. Like you start writing a song. Okay, this is my song about this. Uh, maybe it's about something else. That's okay. Let it be what it wants to be. Um, don't be afraid to use online resources like rhymezone.com, thesaurus.com, wikipedia.org. These are great resources for songwriting. If you need to come up with a rhyme, if you need to come up with a different word, or if you need to just like find some inspiration for a story. There are a couple of my songs that I just, I, I created because I went to random Wikipedia pages and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. And so I, I wrote songs about that stuff. Okay. The next tip document every little idea. Um, here's something the comedian, my favorite comedian, Mitch Hedberg, the late Mitch Hedberg said, uh, I write jokes for a living. I sit at my hotel at night. I think of something that's funny. Then I go get a pen and I write it down. Or if the pen is too heavy, I have to convince myself that what I thought of ain't funny. Brilliant. Um, 
this is what se- separates often successful artists from those who may be just as talented but not as successful. Um, when you get an idea, write it down, document it. Don't 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 convince yourself that you're going to be able to remember it later. You won't trust me, especially if you're north of forty years old. Uh, you're not going to remember that shit. Um, don't assume that you're you're going to just hang on to it because it's just such a brilliant idea. You won't remember it. Keep a notebook with you. Use the notes app on your phone. Like build a habit out of it. Uh, create a database of little idea nuggets, um, and that's going to help you considerably. Okay, the next tip: use constraints. Um, like put parameters. Like put put boundaries on on the things with the song. Uh, my my song, the aforementioned. Way to Walk Into the Light it came about because I wanted to write a song that only had two chords. Um, and it worked out really, really great. Um, I wrote the song The Dreams Inside of You specifically to appeal to ad agencies and music supervisors for sync licensing. I wouldn't have written those songs if I had not put those constraints on myself. So constraints are constraints, but they're actually the things that kind of funnel you toward completion of your artistic work. Uh, change instruments. I write songs mostly on the guitar, but sometimes like I sit down at the piano, even though I suck at piano. Sometimes I sit down with the bass. Uh, sometimes I'm just like humming stuff. Uh, switch instruments. You'll you'll be surprised at like how that uh, um, switches the gears in your brain and, and allows you to come up with ideas that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise. Pay attention. Um don't write the same song over and over again. Like, give yourself challenges. Uh, notice the tendencies that you're working with. Uh, are you going from like this type of chord to this type of chord all the time? Do you find yourself kind of settling into certain tempos uh, and like certain song structure ideas? Like, really pay attention and notice what you're doing. Um, and that leads to the next tip react to your previous work. Notice what you're doing, notice the types of songs you're writing, and then challenge yourself to write something that's different from those songs. Uh, notice the characteristics of the songs that you're writing and like decide, oh, is this is this a Matt Colick songwriting characteristic or is this something I can kind of uh, like reverse and, and take in a different direction, the opposite direction or, or, or be subversive about it and say, set up the idea that these are the, the characteristics of a Matt Colick song. And then write a song that has none of those characteristics. Um, react to your previous work. React to other people's work, but also your previous work. Um, and that will ensure that, you're, that you don't write the same thing all the time. That you do challenge yourself and, and push your boundaries and, and stretch out a little bit as a songwriter. Um, write with the TV on. Write with the radio on. Write while you're even listening to music. Um, like it's cool to have the TV on in the background. Like you'll hear words come out and you'll hear little pieces of music that inspire you in, 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 in fun little ways that you wouldn't have had happen otherwise. Uh, or write in silence. Like if you're used to having like a little background noise happening, uh, maybe shut it off. See what happens when you just let your, let yourself sit in silence. Like what are the thoughts and words and things and ideas that come out uh, when you're like that? Write sober. Or right under the influence. Uh, again, uh, if you're sober, you can be a little more focused and productive if you're in sort of the uh, default, rational, productive mind space. Um, that can be helpful. That can be really helpful for just kind of plowing through and, and doing the, the craft craftspersonship of it all. Uh, building the tables, building the benches and the chairs and the things and the widgets and putting them out there. And, and they're sturdy and they work. Um, 
that's what sober songwriting can do. Um, or you can write under the influence. Um, like sometimes like be under the influence of your chosen substance or your chosen breathing technique or meditation or whatever gets you to a different headspace that can be really, really helpful. And then play around with that. Obviously, you know, whatever's safe for you, um, play around with that, write sober, write, write at different times of day, write when you first get up, write in the middle of the night, write when you just had a disturbing dream. Um, when you're in your normal basic default headspace, like, yeah, you can get some stuff done, but like, you got to play with that. You got to switch gears. Um, Next tip, understand that some songs will take 10 minutes to write or less. Others may take 10 months or 10 years. Um, who knows why this is the way it is, but that is the way and that's fine. Um, and there'll be times like a song just kind of like, like eases out. It just slips out of you, slides out like nothing. Um, and it's amazing. And other times it's just going to be painstaking and it requires you to, to show up with your lunch pail and clock in and do the work. Um, and it's going to take a long time. And there are going to be times where you have an, a brilliant idea that that inspires you and you tear through 50% of the songwriting process only to hit a brick wall. You might need to like put that song in a drawer for a couple of years and return to it. That's just how it works. Um, and that's okay. If a song, if you're stuck on something, like just work on something else. It's fine. Um Let's see, be a decision maker, be a problem solver. This is kind of like being a decision maker, but um, it's it's a series of decisions. It's also a series of problems to solve. That is another way you can look at it that might inspire you to make choices that 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 keep you moving along and, and keep you uh, completing the songs. Um, my most requested song, In Case of Emergency, was a real son of a bitch to write. And this is what, I'm, what I wrote in my blog post. I knew I had something good, but I got frustrated because I couldn't figure out how to put it all together. So I decided to approach it not as a song, but as a series of problems to solve. Only then could I get the math right. So sometimes it pays to put on a different hat. Stop being a songwriter or a musician and transform into a problem solver for a while. You'll make some progress, I'm sure. Let yourself off the hook. Um... There's no rule that says you have to bring all your old ideas to completion before you start working on new ones. Work on the song you feel like working on now. Then you'll have a much better chance of finishing it. Those old ideas will always be there. And if you never end up doing anything with them, that's fine. Let them go. Let yourself off the hook. Let those ideas off the hook. Just keep flowing. Work on the stuff that inspires you to that now like work on the stuff that you want to work on now that's how you're going to like actually finish some songs and increase your output and and build your weapon rep that's how that's pronounced right <sighs> take the listener somewhere tell a story give some direction to your melody um like start in a place and then take somebody to a different place uh maybe even a, a secondary additional place, then maybe take them back home, having learned something, having, having been challenged by uh, being taken to other places. Um, make your transitions seem like transportation. Uh, spend some time in the relative minor, major or minor key of the song you're in. So if you've got a song in A minor, like hang out in C major for a while or vice versa. Um, Add a dramatic key change. Uh, consider dynamics. Uh, there's so much power that can come from 
being quiet and being loud and occupy, occupying all the spaces in between and like building up from quietness to loudness and then and the, the reverse like being intense and then being quiet it's like dynamics are so important and people just do not pay attention to that and people certainly do not think of that generally in terms of songwriting but for me when I'm writing a song, it, it does consider, I do consider the dynamics. I do consider like where on the scale, like at what point at the mount, on the mountain am I? Am I at the top of the mountain? And, and am, I, am I at the, uh, the trailhead? Am I at base camp? Like what's going on here? Um, it needs to have direction. It needs to have movement. Um, there, yes, there are songs where you just kind of hang out in a groove for a little while, Um but even then, you're like moving within the groove and exploring the groove. It's not static. Everything should be moving. Take the listener somewhere. Um, even if it's like taking them from home, from the kitchen to the garage and back, from the kitchen to the bathroom and back, um, just take them somewhere. Think of it that way. Um, if you have that as a mindset, that will help you. Honor the song with an enthusiastic performance. If you've written a song and it's and it's your song to play, um, don't be tentative about it. Like, be proud of the song you've written and and give it the performance it deserves. Like, imbue it with the feeling that it deserves, uh, with the intensity that it deserves, or or the reservedness that it deserves. Um, I wrote, you know, honor the song with an enthusiastic performance. Well, maybe enthusiastic. That's kind of my word for how I perform. It's on my stickers and buttons and and whatnot. But it's not about enthusiasm, enthusiasm as much as it is about like honoring the feeling of the song. Don't just run through it and play the chords and sing the notes. Like honor the feeling of the song. That is so important. I, I don't feel like a song is really complete unless it is performed with the feeling that um, it, it deserves and that it's it, with the feeling that's consistent with what the song is actually trying to say. Um, that's when a song becomes a song. The final tip, don't be satisfied. This is tip number 25 in my blog article, 25 Ways to Become a Better Songwriter. It's over on mattcollock.com. Don't be satisfied. And here's what I wrote. One day, you may find yourself sitting on a repertoire of dozens of songs, and you may feel like, you may feel as if you've built a complete body of work and that you can rest now. Don't do that. Holy shit. <laughs> Past Matt is speaking to future Matt here. Holy shit. And I was just talking about how I was satisfied having written a bunch of songs and now I'm focused on recording. I need to listen to myself. I need to get back into songwriting. Um, here, I continued. You can write more songs, better songs, songs that speak more truthfully about who you are and what your whole deal is. Your work is never finished. You have more ideas. You have more concepts, all that. So keep writing and then write some more. So yeah, I guess I better get back into it. <laughs> I do need to focus on bullshit day job stuff and I do need to focus on recording, but there's no reason why I shouldn't like keep writing songs. So I'm going to get back into that. Uh, friends, that was that was my, uh, this segment, songwriting tips, uh, become a better songwriter. I hope you enjoyed that. Let me know what you think. Send an email to matt at mattcollick.com. If you have songwriting tips or if you have anything to add or if you have anything you'd like to say about uh, what I've talked about here today in terms of songwriting. I'm going to take a quick break and have a sip of water and, and come back and land this plane. Friends, I hope you stick around. All right, thanks.
Uh, friends, that was it. That's uh, That's been today's podcast, episode 10, episode 10 of the Matt Collick Show. We did it, guys. I'm so grateful to have you here as my listeners. Um, it really means a lot to me knowing that people are sticking their earbuds in and allowing my voice to come through. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was a lot of fun for me to talk about songwriting and kind of revisit something I wrote a while ago and, and realize that it's still relevant and I still stand behind it. I hope you got something out of it, too. Um, and I hope that if you're not a songwriter, you you got something out of it, too. I, I feel like uh, these tips are not just for songwriting. It's really for anything creative or anytime you want to put something, something into the world that doesn't already exist uh, that expresses something you feel. I'm going to wrap it up now, guys. Uh, everything that other podcasters ask for, I ask for that too. So rate and review on iTunes, subscribe, and um, like tell all your friends, uh, send me an email. Uh, what, what else do podcasters ask for? I guess that's about it. Um, sign up for my email list on mattcolic.com. That's M-A-T-T-K-O-L-L-O-C-K.com. And uh, what else? What else do I want you to do? Uh, the Patreon. Oh, yeah, the Patreon. I'm going to be recording a bonus episode in the next couple of days uh, to fulfill my obligation of two bonus episodes a month. Uh, you can check out episode 6.5 on Patreon right now. However, you do need to subscribe at the $5 tier. Uh, $5 a month gives you a couple of bonus episodes of the podcast and some other cool shit. Um, I have some really cool exclusive stuff over there for Patreon. Um, you can sign up for as little as $1 a month. Um, and that really helps a lot, especially in terms of like producing like albums and podcasts like I'm doing. I'm going to be doing it anyway, but um, if I'm going to be turning this into my legitimate career, um, it helps to have the, the support of, of, of people like you, people who, who like what I do. Um, it's enough, believe me, to just listen. Uh, I love that I have listeners, but if you want to take it an, an, another step, um, you can sign up for my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Matt Colick. Uh, and yes, if you, again, if you sign up at the $5 tier, you'll get a bonus episode later this week. Uh, that'll be fun. Don't know what that's going to be about. I might go through uh, one of my songs and uh, discuss that in some detail. So, yeah, I guess that's about it. Follow me on social media. Do all the stuff. I'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful Memorial Day or, or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, if you don't know what Memorial Day is, it means you're not listening. Uh, you're, you're probably not a U.S. citizen, and, and that's fine. Hello, France. Hello uh, to my listener in France. Um, I hope you're enjoying the show thus far. Uh, and uh, Okay, I've rambled enough. This has been fun. I'll see you next week. Uh, it'll be June. June is dairy month. Um, and uh, I love you and thanks for listening. My name is Matt Colic. This is the Matt Colic Show. We'll see you next time. Shine on. Mm-hmm.